All right, Justin, I need you to sing me so- a song about a medical professional helping people sleep. <laughs> uh, how does the house theme go? I don't know. Whatever that was. There you go. Does he put people to sleep? Or are you saying that the show House was boring? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was the most boring show ever. No, I'm kidding. I love that show. Well, he might have put someone to sleep. I'm sure he did a time or two. The eternal sleep. Are you saying House <laughs> is a murderer? He was the only doctor I could think of. Uh, well, who else? Doctor Kavorkin? I don't know. Did Doctor Kavorkin have a theme? You could have done the you could have done the Doogie Howser song. I don't even remember that, but that's true. Oh, uh, how did that go? You could have done Mash. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I was actually thinking of that Mister Sandman song. Yeah. That's right. Justin just saying suicide is painless. Um <laughs> I'm pretty sure it doesn't hurt. Or okay, oh, that was damn. a terrible joke. Oh boy. <laughs> that damn. A, that was a terrible joke. That was a sterling joke. I can't believe you fucking made that. Dang. Yikes. Stealing my signature style of shitty ass <laughs> jokes. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. I I wanted to avoid just you being able to sing Enter Sandman. That's all I really cared about is avoiding you being able to sing that. Oh, man, I missed an opportunity. <laughs> oh, I missed an opportunity. I know. I, I thought you would. I thought you would do it anyway because you're, you're, you know, Mr. Metallica. Whoa, dude. Somebody. Okay. the I, I'm watching the, the Pittsburgh. This is random, but. I'm watching the the end of this Pittsburgh Browns game, and like one of the play uh, players on the Browns, he took the quarterback Mason Rudolph. He took his helmet off and he hit him over the head, Mason Rudolph, with his own helmet. I have never seen anybody do that, man. That was crazy. I mean, he took his helmet off and just went bam and just bashed him right in the top of his head, dude. That that's gonna be everywhere tomorrow. I know that's hella random, but. Dude, that that like caught me off guard. And this is like the very end. There's eight seconds to go in this game, and these people are walling out. But anyway, yeah, I just thought I'd have to say that. I know we're recorded. Sorry, but that was crazy. Oh my! I really thought you were gonna say something uh, like applying to like Metallica because I just brought them up. But nope, that was a very sharp left turn. Let's go ahead and start the episode. <laughs> Hey, Cinema fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. It is Sterling, and I am joined, as always, by Heather and Justin. And if you could not tell by what song assignment I gave Justin, we will be talking about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with the movie Doctor Sleep. Yes, that is right. That is the sequel to The Shining. And starting us off with the with their likes is Heather. Okay, my likes for this one. Um. I would say, so this actually was a longer movie than I expected it to be going in, but it actually was pretty interesting the whole way through. So I appreciated how they paced it. I appreciated that the story they told, um, you, you don't really feel like any of it was unnecessary. At least I didn't. So I did appreciate that about it. Um, I, um, 
I, as always, really like the performances in this movie. Um, Ewan McGregor had this really subtle way about him in this movie and how he was playing the character. Um, and I just really appreciated how he did it because while he is technically sort of the lead, um, the lead character, he you don't feel like he was trying to overdo it. He wasn't trying to overperform or outshine or anything like that. He was just, you felt like he was just like a really, like a real person, you know, you feel like he was just um, like a real character who had dealt with some stuff and is trying to move on from it. And I just really appreciated uh, how he portrayed uh, the character in this movie, which why am I blanking on his name right now? Hold on, hold on. It is Dan. Yeah, he played Dan. So um, I I really appreciated that about Ewan McGregor's character. I'm always a fan of Ewan McGregor, at least in the things I've seen him in. So it, I wasn't surprised at all that he was going to do a great performance here. But just the he's just so versatile. And just seeing something like this, where it's a it's a big character and it's a big thing because it's you know it's a sequel to one of the most well-known movies of all time. And he, you know, so it's a, it's a well, it's a somewhat well-known character and he just, he played it so subtly and so naturally, you know, and um, there was just, there's something to the subtlety of how he acts that I really appreciate. Um, Definitely for me in this film, I think that Rebecca Ferguson kind of stole this movie as Rose. So, I I just really think everything that she did as that character, she was very charismatic. She was very charming. She was very evil. Um, she was very selfish, but she made you feel like she wasn't when she was trying to lure you in. Uh, she was perfect type of villain. And I think everything that she did, all the choices that she made to play this character were perfect. Um, I thought she did just such a great job in this. I think she just really stood out in this movie above pretty much everybody. And um, she just did a really awesome job with, with her character. And um, yeah, it was, was, she just did a really great job. And then the, the girl, um, Kaylee Curran, um, who played the girl, she, she was also really great. She, she just, I don't know. I just feel like her chemistry and her dynamic with Dan, Ewan McGregor's character was really on point. I think that, just how they related and how they worked together and just their connection they had was really cool. So yeah, I really appreciated all of it um, from the standpoint of how each character was portrayed. I thought that was really cool. Um, I just, I like also the fact that this movie works as a standalone movie. Like it's not a movie where you feel like you had to see the first one to understand what was happening in this one. And you didn't have to, um, it's it's not one of those where you're going to be lost if you don't know what happened in the first one. Um, so it just, the way that they told the story, pretty much it was, you, you would have been able to pick up on it and it would have been just as good if it had been a standalone movie, which I think in general that makes it a good movie because, you know, there might be maybe newer generation of people or whoever might not have seen The Shining. Maybe they don't want to because they feel like, oh, it's an old movie. Why would I watch it? You know, <laughs> you just never know. And you'll be able to still enjoy this one even if you don't see that one. Although I don't recommend that. I do think you should definitely watch The Shining if you haven't seen it. But 
it's it's just cool that it does work as a movie by itself. Um, I think the writing was really good. I think it was really smart writing. And I think even the quips and the dialogue back and forth between the characters was interesting and well done because, you know, um, a lot of them have like their little catchphrases, like Rose specifically had a lot of things that she said that were very um, specific to her character and just kind of little, these little catchphrases that she would say. And by the end of it, the girl um, in the, in the movie is why am I blanking on her character's name in the movie? Um, Abra, Abra, of course. Yeah. Abra. So she, she was kind of already picking up on it cause she's able to kind of see in her world and she's, she's able to kind of channel her and see what she's doing. And she's picking up on these, these little cues that she has in these quips that she says, and she uses them against her at the end. And I think it's just kind of really cool how she, has the dialogue back and forth. It's very witty, um, sarcastic banter back and forth, but it's not overdone. It's not, um, it, it just, it goes well. Like, I think it was humorous. I think it was a smart way to do it. I don't think it was like this cheesy, we just want to say something here that's going to be like a home run line. It just, the way that they did it in the script was really well done. And I do like how when they were doing the moments, when it was relating back to, the first movie when it was really back to the shining they did um they did enough of the callbacks to it to where you're like oh i remember that like when dan is walking through the house or to the through the hotel at the end and you know he's seeing all these rooms and like the little halls that he would walk down that he would ride down his bike on and seeing the the doors that were axed and just seeing everything and you could tell like his memories were flooding coming back to him and it was just, it was cool because it, they didn't overdo it with what they showed you. They didn't try to do too many callbacks to where you feel like that's all they were doing. And they picked the right moments to do those things, which I thought was tastefully done in a sense. So I appreciated that about it as well. And um, yeah, I just think the, um, I mean, just the way it was shot too was visually beautiful. Like when, when you see the scenes where, um, like Rose is, there's a point in the movie when she is kind of having like that outer body experience of trying to find these special kids that she's wanting to take or find. And she's like going through the sky and the stars. And you just kind of see that whole, her process of like what's happening when she's channeling these other kids. It looks really cool. Like it was just very well done and it looks beautiful. It was very beautifully shot um just the scenery even of the small town and just even going back to like the hotel when it was there like just everything they did and how they shot it was very beautiful so yeah i mean honestly i just i really enjoyed this movie a lot i think there were a lot of good things going for it obviously not a perfect movie by any means but when it comes to sequels especially when you have so much to live up to for the type of like huge movie that the shining was i think they did a really good job holding their own Justin, your turn. Okay, so uh, definitely when it comes to this movie, I didn't know what I was going to get with this, and I definitely didn't get what I was expecting. But that's in a good way, because coming off of the first Shining movie, I really just expected this to kind of try to have a similar tone. I, I expected it to kind of to, to try to kind of relive some of the magic of that 
of being in that motel and just kind of the very atmospheric type of horror movie that that was in the first film. I thought that this movie was going to try to tell a similar story or be kind of a similar type of horror movie in a lot of ways. And the crazy thing is, is that, uh, and you know, from the previews and stuff, I, there were there were some previews where you could tell that they were going to revisit the motel and everything. So, uh, so I just kind of expected it to be a similar movie to The Shining is what I kind of expected going in, being that it was a sequel. And really, I walked away from this going, man, this was nothing like I expected it to be. Like, it's kind of hard for me to even say it was really even a horror movie more than it was more of almost like a thriller, almost. It, it gave me more feelings of a thriller than it did a horror movie, although there were some scary and horror elements for sure, but I just didn't walk away thinking, oh man, this is a complete horror film. And it was crazy because sometimes this felt like a vampire movie. Sometimes it felt like an, the X-Men. Sometimes <laughs> to me, it felt like uh, a bunch of different things, a mystery movie. Uh, you know, sometimes it felt like a bunch of different things to me, but all of the and sometimes you you would think that that might mean it was a mess or that I'm about to say something bad. But actually, those are all good things, man. I think that this pulled um, it, it tried to tell its own story. And for all the different things it mixed together, it really made for an entertaining mix. It really made for something um, th th that winds up being a great follow up to The Shining. Uh, just uh, all of the things that Heather said, I agree with a lot of those things. Um, Ewan McGregor was, of course, good here. Um, and it was nice to see this character, this Dan Torrance character grown up and what he's been going through and dealing with the trauma of that whole experience in the first shining and things like that. And you would expect that a, that a kid experiencing something that horrific and that scary would go through things. So I liked how they explained that. I liked how it started off kind of telling you what he's been through and 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 where he's been and um and i'm not sure uh and the actress because there were some flash scenes at the beginning where he was a child and his mom and, and you know you get we get to see the mom from the shining and she's taking care of him now that jack of course um is dead and everything and i don't know what actress played the mom but she looked a lot like her like i was fresh off the shining uh, watching this movie and that was one thing that I was really impressed with was that the the actors that they got or I don't know if they like CG'd somebody or what but man they looked very very similar to the the actors in the shot and, and of course the guy uh, towards the end where the bartender was like Jack, his father. It obviously wasn't Jack Nicholson, but still, I thought that the likeness was close enough to where it it, it made for effective scenes. So hats off to that, man. I, I like how they went that route, though. I like how they didn't try to, like, de-age Jack Nicholson. I like how they got somebody who just had 
his likeness and put the character in that way. So I thought that that was a, a smart decision. Maybe more movies should do that because it didn't really take away from anything that it wasn't exactly Jack Nicholson. Those were still strong scenes and those were still um, effective scenes. Uh, and, and everything about the villains, though, in this film, I found were intriguing. Like, uh, and just like Kevin said, Rebecca Ferguson as this Rose the Hat character, she was great. She was great in this movie. Um, and, and that whole thing was interesting. And that's what I mean by like, sometimes this felt like a vampire movie because those people, these, almost like these immortal-ish, vampire-ish type of people that basically fed off of the steam uh, of, or, or fed off of the steam, or I guess the shine of individuals who had that special ability. That was very interesting. And then they use the, the, the steam from the shine of these people. That's what keeps them alive. And you find out that some of them have lived for centuries just doing this, just hunting people down and uh, stealing that away from them. And of course, when they do that, they also it, it, it ends with the person ending their life. And there was a pretty horrific scene where they capture this little boy and they basically consume him. And man, those scenes were had a lot of levity. They were creepy and they were very like dark and just uh intimidating in their own way so i really appreciated this concept of these like vampiric like people who feed off of a person's shine so that was very interesting that was a turn that i was not expecting this film to have that was the concept i wasn't expecting going into this film and so i liked that i liked kind that that group of misfits that Rosa had had, and um, they all kind of had some distinct characteristics about them. But uh, but but Rose definitely was the standout of that group. And then just everything about the story and the elements of the story, and how like um, little Abra, how her. Uh, how she sensed when they were they were hunting that little boy, she sensed that and was able to use her shining ability, which she seems like one of those special people who just has tons of ability when it comes to her being able to use her shine. And that's kind of how, in, in some ways, it almost reminded me of X-Men almost. Like, hey, you have this kid with these special abilities and then, and like, they're able to do all these magnificent things and stuff like that and even though the 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 situation seems like something that's well above what they should be going through that girl i really liked abra she was they didn't make her just be a stupid child I, and i and i like that she was also smart she also was determined also had a lot of strong scenes and her and even mcgregor uh, their relationship on screen I thought was good. Their chemistry on screen I thought was very good. Just nothing just stood out to me as crummy or just nothing that just kind of broke my suspension of disbelief. So I just like the way that this went about treating its characters. And like I said, that was a great scene too. And, 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 and that was another scene that I'm thinking about. We saw a little bit in the previews where, where Rose and Abra have that interaction 
through their shine ability and that that was crazy whenever she uh when rose tried to kind of like manipulate her or see her through the shine and abra's abilities were such that i mean she's so powerful it blew back rose and bloodied her nose and things like that and like all of this stuff felt very like X-Men-y to me. Like that seems like something you would see in an X-Men narrative or something like that. Like something with people with powers and stuff like that. Like the whole, oh, I've never sensed a power like this. You know, it really just reminded me of something like that. But like I said, it was all well done and very effective. And just like Heather said, the cinematography is also great in this. Just the the way that they would create each atmosphere that they that they put you in and just all of the vibrant colors and some of the scenes where these people are using their shine abilities it was just fantastic and some of the scene transitions how they were showing people were communicating or how it would jump from place to place or how it would show Abra using her shine and she's looking around trying to see where these people are and locate what road they're traveling down so they could track the what was the name of that group? The Knot? The I want to say like the Knot or the, what was the name? True Knot. That was the name of that group. Whenever they were trying to locate and find the True Knot group and Rose the Hat, and, and when she would use her shine and she would kind of be in the vehicle looking around trying to see where they were, like all of this was just done effectively. And all of this was a pleasant surprise to me because, like I said, I just didn't expect any of this, but I really enjoyed the ride that this film took me on. And then I'd be remiss if I didn't say anything about the end of the movie where they found a very good reason to go back to the motel. And I just love that. I loved how, um, how that all just came into play. How Dan was like, look, um, I know that back then when we were at the motel, when I was at the motel with my family, they were coming after me because they also feed on the shine. So if we can get a, if we can get Rose the hat there, if we can lure her there to this house, then maybe they will feed on her because she has pumped herself with all the shine. She's got these powers too. So maybe they will come after her. So even that plan, just the thought process, I appreciate that it didn't feel like a stupid reason for us to go back to the motel it all kind of seemed to make sense and like heather said because we got to go back to the motel we got all of these brilliant callbacks we got all these scenes where you're just remembering how you felt in the shining and you were reliving those moments with uh, Dan as he was going through them. And then one of the strongest scenes that I alluded to earlier, but I just will talk about for a second was when they had him go into the bar and Jack was posing as the, the bartender. And there's this conversation about alcohol and this can be the medicine that, you know, the alcohol is the medicine. And this is what if this is the medicine that can, heal you and take all your problems away and stuff like that. And I love that because that was such a brilliant callback the way they did it. Because in the first Shining, when it was Jack, that bartender 
was there trying to convince him, look, you need to take care of your family. Your son is causing all kinds of trouble. He's going to have that cook is coming back to the house. Your son is going to mess this up. You need to do something about your family. And it was almost like those spirits were taunting him telling him, trying to convince him, you need to off your family. You're trying to give him all these reasons to off his family. And I, and just preying on Jack's weakness in the shining movie. And I loved how they went back to the bartending scene here. And it was the same kind of thing where Jack, where Jack, where this spirit in the form of Jack was trying to, play off of Dan's weaknesses, play off that alcoholism, trying to tell him, look, this is the medicine. This is what you need. So all of that was just effective and I thought was brilliantly done. It made sense within the confines of what we had been shown in the first movie. And I just loved all of that. I thought that was very well thought out and intelligently written. And then when the whole movie culminates, I think it was very fitting how everything happened and how ultimately Dan died in that place. He had, in order to rid himself of everything that had gone on and everything that was happening and to save Abra, he sacrifices himself and kind of rids himself of that in the process. I thought that it was a fitting end. He died with that motel and everything that was in there and everything like that. And then I loved how at the end of the movie, Kind of like how that cook, the the black cook, and man, I'm not remembering his name. Kind of like how that was sort of Dan's helper, or the 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 spirit that kind of that he that that stayed with him and kind of was his protector and that person that kind of he was linked to by the shine. I love how at the end of the movie with Abra, now Dan is kind of her shine protector. Like now Dan is kind of there for her and everything like that. So that was very fitting. I, I loved how they tied all those things together even with the first movie. So at the end of the day, I really thought that this was a great follow-up and it's so fitting because we had just talked about this in the Terminator podcast that we did, how it, how Terminator, how we just had gotten the same story um, in the Terminator Dark Fate movie and how they didn't take any chances and how we just wanted to see a different narrative and how we were just yearning for something different. And then I think it's great that Dr. Sleep is a sequel that shows you can go in a different direction. You don't just have to give us the same movie with the same plot. You can do something different, but still pay homage to the first movie and we and it can still be a very enjoyable experience so my hat is off to this film for me i agree with a lot of what you guys said i i liked you and mcgregor in this uh rebecca ferguson as rose the hat was pretty fantastic i think she was to me she might actually be the best stephen king villain uh we've seen on screen and i am including pennywise in that i just think that the way that character was done was um really kind of incredible uh and I liked how you equated them to kind of like a like a group of vampires because that scene, the scenes where they're attacking kids and stuff like that, I thought it really does. It looks like you know, like a what are what is a group of vampires called? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever the yeah. fuck that is, a pack of vampires. Um, it 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 felt like that. Like you, anytime you've seen a movie where a pack of vampires like attack somebody, it was kind of the same way. You know. Um, 
I also really liked how they kind of showed because they had hinted that there are a lot of people that have the shining. Uh, some of them just have it in small amounts and they don't even know. And I kind of liked how they showed that a little bit, like the little kid that, you know, was just good at hitting baseballs because essentially he could read the pitcher's mind. You know, he knew what the pitcher was going to do. So, you know, he didn't know he had that ability to him. He wasn't cheating or anything like that. It was just a natural part of who he was. And I, so I liked those little glimpses into those aspects of it. Uh, before I watched this, I was really planning on watching The Shining again because it's been a while since I'd seen The Shining. And ultimately, I actually decided to wait to watch The Shining until after this because I wanted to see how well this stood up as as its own movie. And then I watched The Shining after I watched it. And uh, for the most part, I do. I, I I thought it did a good job of standing on its own and just doing some of its own things while just referencing The Shining you know, because it, it, I understand it has to do something like that because it is a sequel. You know, it can't completely negate that The Shining ever happened. You know, it's going to have elements that tie back to that. And for the most part, I think for most of the movie, they did a very good job of referencing it, but still telling their own story. And I do like the fact that you, uh, Justin, referenced uh, Terminator uh, when it comes to this uh, in the regard of like we had talked about that Terminator ultimately didn't take any chances and this movie did. This movie really kind of diverges in a lot of ways from the movie The Shining, not necessarily the book The Shining, but it, it diverges more from the movie than uh, I think I was expecting. And I do agree with you also that, uh, yeah, this movie was not what I expected it to be. Um, I never read the book Dr. Sleep, so I did not know necessarily what to expect um, from this. And I will say that the trailers kind of made me think that they were going to lean very heavily into The Shining. You know, it was just going to be, oh, look, we're doing The Shining again, but just saying it's now and with new people. I really thought that that's more or less what this movie was going to end up being. And it very much wasn't. And I did like that. Um, I, and I do agree with you, Heather, that uh, this movie did have a lot of beautiful shots in it. Um, and uh, the character Abra was pretty spectacular, too, with how, you know, Rose was in her head and was like, oh, look, you know, you've got your cabinets here. And she's like, mine's a library. And then all of a sudden, Abra disappears. And she's like, well, what yeah, that was awesome. she? and then it turns out Abra's in her head just going through her stuff. And it really is. It's like she's in a library. And so she's just going through it and all this other stuff. And you also do get one of your more horrific scenes in that whenever the, uh, Abra slams the drawer in her head and she's trying to rip it out. But it's like ripping her flesh away and i was like oh i was not expecting one of those oh, cringe violence scenes that was rough. in this movie yeah um, oh yeah that was and i liked how they showed other they showed a couple of the other types of the shining um i will say this they referenced a part of danny's powers and i wish they had showed it more or i wish they had showed it in general in this movie because he was talking about how when he sees people are dying he sees flies all over them you know, like, I wish we had seen that. I wish they'd actually shown that. Because as an adult, when he's working at that uh, nursing home slash hospice or whatever the fuck it was, he becomes the guy that helps people accept dying. Him and that cat. And I just wish they'd shown that because it would have shown, like, how much he had grown and how much he had accepted his powers and stuff like that to where he was able to sit with these people and to calm them down and to help them and to for them to accept and 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 pass on uh relatively easily but according to what he was saying he sees it would have been horrific for him 
You're just seeing these people just like more or less being eviscerated in a swarm of flies. And I think to have at least seen that, I think would have shown like actually how much he had grown being able to just sit there and calmly and, and tenderly help these people when it's just a horrific image in front of him. I, I just think that would have been a very interesting and significant visual if they had shown that because they talked about it. And I just, I really wanted to see that because of how interesting I think that would have been. And I, like I said, I, and I'm putting that in my like section because like I said, they referenced it in the movie. And I just think that that would have been something kind of cool to show there with that. But I don't think not showing that necessarily detracts from the movie. I feel like it could have just added more to it. Um, I did like the connection he had with Abra. I liked the way they showed that. Um, I also liked the, the guy that was his AA sponsor. Yeah, he was great. For the most part, you know, he's just talking about how he's like, oh, you've seen some shit. And then finally, whenever Danny's kind of accepting his fate or his destiny... He calls on this guy and he's like, look, dude, I'm about to tell you some shit. And since they, you know, had become very close over eight years and all this other stuff, this guy hears all this shit and he's like, all right, I guess you're, you know, I guess that's true. Let's go do this. <laughs> right. And kind of just goes with them. And, and most of the time in a movie like this, that would feel ridiculous. But I think they developed their relationship and they showed enough time had passed and everything like that. To where it did feel real. It's like, oh, your best friend says something's going down. It sounds crazy, but you know what? Fuck it. Let's go. And I, I just think they really kind of showed that uh, that type of connection. And that, so that story element that typically is ridiculous to me wasn't ridiculous in this movie. And I did appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I really have much else to say that you guys just haven't said. And I don't want to just keep repeating everybody else's stuff uh, over and over. But do, so do you guys have anything uh, else you want to add? Um, there was something else I was going to say about um, uh, I'm good. the. Oh, so another element of why I think Rebecca Ferguson did so well as the villain is because you see her in this movie and her, you know, her group. They really... The scene when they get the the baseball kid, Jacob Tremblay, who I also didn't realize was in this movie, but they get that kid and they that whole scene when they are torturing him and they're like taking in his shine and they're doing all that stuff. It is a creepy scene. It is super creepy. It's it's just really it's hard to watch a little bit like they don't show too much really like it's not like they're showing like all of his organs coming out or anything like that but it's just the way that they did that scene just it was i don't know it was just very cringy how they did it in a in a creepy way like they did a good job making it creepy without feeling like oh you just have to show everything they were doing you know but i think a big part of why rose is so good as a villain is because you see her do those things. You see how relentless that she's going to be to get this shine that she wants to get to be able to live and, you know, keep her power that she has. And then the whole movie, at least for me, I'm expecting that she's going to, like, I'm, I'm just concerned about what's going to happen when she gets Abra, you know? Like, I'm like, oh, no. Like, we've seen what she can do to these kids when she finds them. And so I think it's the element of what's going to happen when they're face to face what's going to happen when she meets her and then you don't actually they don't actually have that interaction it's more just like in their minds 
they have that interaction with each other. And I really think that it was clever to play it that way because the creepy part of it was the anticipation of what will happen when they're together and when they are face to face. And she doesn't really even touch her in a sense because of how powerful this girl is. And I just thought it was really clever to do it that way because that is what made it such a, I guess, intense element of the film is because I'm like, oh no, like she can really do damage to this girl. Like she is relentless and she's ruthless and we see that. And I think that's what made her so good because of how you've seen her be. She just has this essence about her that's so terrifying but intriguing at the same time that the whole time I'm wondering what's going to happen when they meet and, but they don't feel like in this movie, the need to do it the same way, you know, they, they don't feel the need to be like, yeah, they don't have to do the normal face to face meeting. You know, the mind meetings was where kind of all the cool stuff between them happened. So I just thought it was really cool how they did that. All right. Well, on to the dislikes. I'm actually going to kind of sharply disagree with you on something, Justin. Uh, I, I thought this movie was really good when it was kind of doing its own thing, but that last bit of the movie, when they went back to the overlook and it just kind of became the shining 2.0 really just kind of fucking annoyed the shit out of me. I could not stand almost anything that happened at the end of this movie. It just, everything became a parrot. It just, I hated the guy that they had that was doing the Jack imitation. He kind of vaguely looked at like him, but sounded nothing like him. Uh, I... Quick side note. Did you know that that guy is Henry Thomas was the guy who played him? I, I had I no, no idea. idea the guy from E.T., the kid from E.T., the guy from the haunting of Hill House, the dad. Oh, that was the Jack Nicholson. The, the younger version of the dad. That was Jack Nicholson, and I was like, what? Oh, well, like, that completely threw me off. Well, that makes sense. The director of this movie is uh, one of the guys that did The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it just, it, I was surprised. I didn't expect that. I didn't see that that was him at all. I was like, wait, who? I just. <laughs> so, anyways, proceed. No, it just, he didn't sound anything like him, and it it, it just felt cheap. Him. Like whenever he got possessed by the ghost and started becoming his dad, running around the hotel with an axe, I was like, that just felt cheap. It just felt stupid. It would just felt like that was solely in there to play fan service to The Shining, just so you know people would go, oh yes, this actually is a sequel to The Shining. I'm not going to actually take anything this story's actually done up until this point. I'm just going to use these scenes to go, yep, this is a Shining sequel. It just felt fucking forced and dumb, and I hated every second of it every single fucking second of it um i understand the whole using the ghosts to take on rose thing that part made sense i just didn't like anything they did around it it just i don't know annoyed me terribly um i also kind of hated that they showed a little bit of different people having different shining powers you know like they had the girl that could just tell you things and you know have people do them and stuff like that and all this other stuff but then there were so many other people in that group. I'm like, what are their shining powers? Like, what were their powers? Because based on what we saw in the, the, the movie, they're implying that they had powers. That those other people had the shining within themselves too. So, like, what was their stuff? It made no sense. You had the guy that was a good tracker, but was that his power? Because, I mean, he 
It was more or less just very good at tracking. And it just didn't feel like a superpower, if you will. And so that just kind of annoyed me that they kept referencing all this stuff, but they were just so unwilling to show some of it. They showed just little bits here and there, but man, did they really just feel like they held back on all these times. And so I just didn't understand like the point of some of that stuff. Like what's the point of having a group of people that all technically have powers when you're only going to show two or three of them have powers out of like nine people. It made no sense to me. Even I don't need you to say outright what they're doing, but show something because it just felt kind of dumb. Uh, there was one other thing. Oh man, I got so sidetracked by that because that was not originally what I was going to say as my second dislike. And now I'm just completely spacing on the next one. And that's very hard for me to do. It's very hard for me to space on what I dislike about a fucking movie. Um, now we'll go with that for now because those things really kind of drove me nuts. So I'll leave them at that. And as always, I'll probably chime back in when Jason's done. Bring up something else I don't like because that's just kind of how I roll with things. Uh, Jaston, what did you not like about this movie? Well, to get one of the things out of the way, you definitely uh, said something that I was going to say is just as far as the group of the True Knot uh, and, or you know, Rose the Hats group, I, I do feel like that that's true. Like, I, I wanted to know more about some of the other members of the group, but it did feel like that she and I mean, she just gave such a great performance. And then there were two or three that you felt were key, like Crow, who was like her right hand. And um, and then the older guy, we got to hear a little bit about what he could do. Or like the 15 year old that was like um, that was <laughs> setting up uh, rapist and stuff. That was cool, too. Or these, you know, these uh, child predators and stuff like that. Like, that was interesting, too, how she was using her powers. But, yeah, man, you could tell that the other members of the group, they just kind of felt like bodies. They were people that were just in the group that were going to be killed or defeated. It, they they kind of just seemed like those side henchmen that you knew that after the story progressed so long and you still weren't hearing anything about them, you just kind of knew what their purpose was. And ultimately, that is kind of what happened to those people. So, yeah, and that's really just something that I wanted more of. I just wanted to know more about this group, this true not group. And like it, it was very interesting to me and what they were doing and why they were doing it and like they've lived all this time and they've been everywhere and uh i wanted to just know more about that like where did these where, where exactly did they come from are they spirits are they demons are they i just didn't quite understand what they were like or exactly i understood that they needed to live i understood that they were that 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 some of them was human because they could be shot and they could be they could die if they didn't have the shine but i didn't quite understand what they were so vampire or was the best i could come up with they were vampire like and have a fed on people with the shine but i just kind of wanted some more definitive answers with that group like i just feel like i needed more i loved what i got but I felt like I could have got a little more that they could have, um, I guess, definitively 
told me exactly what they were or were they a species or are they some spiritual things that took over human bodies like i just i just wanted to kind of know definitively what those things were what, what exactly they were and i don't know if the film unless i missed it and you guys know but i just don't know if the film ever truly answered that for me um uh other than it didn't yeah, okay cool okay just making sure uh other than that main thing and there were some things even though i was cool with uh going back to the house and everything like that uh i was even cool with all the callbacks i thought that they did enough different to where i, I was fine with the callbacks but i will say something kind of about the end of the movie that did just kind of annoy me because when the house burns and dan sacrifices himself and the house burns and everything like that uh the abra character in a narration does say it was like there was this this cleansing you know when the house burned it was like there was this cleansing and it and 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 like her monologue made it seem like she had gotten rid that that Dan had kind of rid had gotten rid of everything that was with the house so you know uh rose the hats gone all of these spirits and everything like it made it seem like that fire cleansed everything and all of that stuff died with Dan. But then the next scene is the old lady <laughs> from the motel, you know, the old lady from the motel. And now uh, the she's haunting Abra. And I was kind of like, wait a second. I thought that you just told me in the monologue that this was like a cleansing but now this same specter is back. So that was a little weird to me. Like, I don't think they should have, I don't think her monologue should have said something about there being this cleansing of that. It was gone with Dan's sacrifice. And then uh, only seconds later, you kind of went back on that with the uh, mangy old lady. So that just was something that bothered me. Uh other than that, I think those were really my only dislikes. Just wanted more from the wanted to know more about the True Knot group and what they the vampire things, what they were, and then just that that bit at the end. It was kind of weird. It was almost like that was just a scene, just so you could do the horror movie thing at the end. Oh, it's still alive, or oh, something is still there, or you know, it just seemed like one of those scenes for the sake of doing that. But I think it kind of ruined the levity of Dan's sacrifice by having the old lady be back. So yeah, those would be my dislikes. Heather, your turn. Yeah, I mean, for me, again, like you guys, like for I definitely agree that the ending of this movie, like the last 20, 30 minutes of this movie, just I think it pretty much all just <laughs> fell apart <laughs> at the end, um, which is really kind of a bummer because when they go back to, you know, the the motel and they're like, it's like, oh, this is the climax of the movie. This is where everything's going to get crazy. And oh, man. But pretty much after the scene or after the part where they destroy Rose, it's from there on, you're just kind of like, what is all of this and why is it happening? Because I, it was a good reason to go back to that place, but everything that happened at that place afterwards, it felt like it was out of nowhere felt like it didn't match up with anything else that was kind of happening in the story like um i mean for me i'm just kind of like 
why did Dan decide that he needed to die in that house? Like, he hated everything that happened there. He was, like, terrified from everything that he saw there. It scarred him for his whole life. Yet, suddenly, he's back there, and he feels like, you know what? This is where I need to die. Like, I know that they were going for that whole full circle moment thing, but I just feel like, what was the purpose? Like, why was it that you felt like you needed to die at this moment when you just defeated the person who was trying to destroy everyone with Shining? And you have this little girl that you have this connection to that you took away from her home to help her do this mission. And now you're just going to die and leave her by herself. It just felt like there was no reason that he needed to do that. You know, so I just felt like that didn't really add up with what was going on for the whole rest of the movie. And like you were saying, too, like when he turned sort of into his dad and he got all, you know, crazy in the in the place, drove him mad as well, just for that the fact that he was able to like turn it off and on too was also kind of weird where it was like, Oh, there he is. And then it's like, Oh, this house is going to, you know, or this motel is going to go crazy. And then he goes straight back to, you know, crazy Dan. It's like, it was like a switch that he could turn off and on or something, or that could like a word could be said and it would make him go back to himself. And that's kind of like, I don't really think that that's how that works. Like if something's driving you mad, it's constantly driving you mad. You know, so it just I just felt like the things that they tried to do at the end, they tried to do a lot of things with it without explaining what it was supposed to be for. And so it just really ended up falling apart for me at the end there. So um, and I do agree about um, Henry Thomas playing Jack. I don't think that he did a good enough job of being that character for it to have been what it was in the movie. I actually think because when, when he was first at that bar, when he got there and he's talking to the bartender and all you see is his hands pouring drinks and he's just resting them there and he's talking to the guy. That was cool because you're just like, oh, this is his dad, isn't it? Like there's that moment of like, oh my gosh, who is that? And then you realize it. They should have just left it at that. I think if they would have not tried to have a person recreate Jack and whatever that would have been better like just leave it at like you hear his voice and you see his hands and he's clearly talking to someone and all these things but you don't have to see him i actually think that that would have been better in that moment to not show him you know just having that voice and like knowing that he's seeing something that he doesn't expect to see or he's seeing something that's really affecting him i think that would have been a better thing to do in that moment um and also um the guy who plays Rose's like kind of right hand guy, Crow Daddy, I believe is his name. He kind of drove me nuts. Like something about him, like he he was just more creepy than anything else to me. Like I felt like he was just like a creepy uncle or something. Like I just didn't I don't think he was a very useful right hand man for the most part. Not that he was, you know, more terrible than any of the others, but I just feel like what his character was supposed to be he he wasn't built up in the way that he should have been to be that, like, uh, he's the guy that I trust. He's the guy that Rose trusts to do everything for when she can't do it. He didn't really have that vibe to me because he just kind of had this more creepy, like, w- weird vibe than anything. So I just didn't really care for his character. I think that they should have, if they were trying to make him, like, the second in charge or whatever it was, they should have made a couple more decisions to make it seem like he's a smart enough leader to do that. And I don't really think he made a lot of good choices to make you think, you know, he was that good option for a second in charge person. So 
Yeah, and mostly he was just creepy. Like, his character, everything he said just always came off super creepy to me. <laughs> Maybe that was the point, you know, because of who they are and what they do. But, yeah, I just didn't really care for him as much. So, um, yeah, for me, those are my dislikes as a whole. Like I said, I really did enjoy this movie. But I think when they tried to do what they did to connect it to The Shining, to connect to the first one, that's actually when it did fall apart. And you would think it would be the opposite. You think it would fall apart when they're trying to build up to that point. But for this, it was like they built up to that point and then it just dissolved. So that was pretty much the biggest issue I had with it. Thank you, Heather. You reminded me of some stuff. Um, just to clarify what I was talking about earlier, whenever the, you know, with the whole bringing Jack back, you're, uh, um, with that part of it, it wasn't the bartender scene that bothered me. It's later whenever they literally recreated the him going down the hallway scene. Yeah. Carrying the axe. So that it was his dad coming down the hallway with the axe with that guy playing that part. And then how they randomly then had Shelley Duvall's character be the one that was in the bathroom with them attacking with the axe and stuff like that. Like, why didn't they have the, the, the woman they re, they cast to be the mom earlier in the movie do reshoot that part? Like, that's what was bugging me about it, is they literally use scenes from the original movie and also recast people at the same time, like within moments of each other. That's what really, truly drove me nuts about them doing those aspects of those scenes. It... It was just jarring that they went back and forth like that. And I guess another thing that bothered me too was kind of how easily Rose ended up being beat. Yeah, true. Like, I understand she was weak and all, like, weaker than she typically would be and all this other stuff, but she comes to the out, uh, Outlook or Overlook, whatever the fuck that hotel was called. And she goes there and they kind of had that little mental battle, which she beats them at. And then, you know, she goes and physically fights Dan for a little bit and then just gets beat by all the ghosts. And then, so, and that's what made no sense to me is that Dan and Abra went to the hotel because they knew they couldn't beat Rose on their own. And Dan wanted to use the ghost and the energy of the, the, the hotel to combat her. But then at the same time, it kind of felt like Abra and Dan I know Dan ultimately like died and was possessed by the hotel and stuff like that, but he was able to kind of fight them off a little bit and he had had success, you know, beating the ghosts in his own mental way over time and stuff like that. Like if he was really that powerful to do all that, it made no sense that the hotel could beat her so easily, but couldn't beat them as easily. And which made me think then why did they need the hotel? If the hotel could beat her, but they could beat the hotel. Why did how could they not just beat Rose? It became this weird paper, rock, scissors. Like they can't beat Rose, but they can beat the hotel, but the hotel can beat Rose, but Rose could beat them. Like it, it really is. It's, it, it really just kind of, they mimic their, the, the battle plan or whatever was, was paper, rock, scissors. That makes no sense to me. Like how that would have actually worked like that when it really should have just been that more or less they could have taken her on, you know, if he's had all that in him, he could have done it, especially because Apparently, the ghosts of the hotel are able to manifest in other places, as shown in the beginning of the movie and as shown uh, at the end of the movie with what Justin was talking about with the, that ghost from the hotel. Those ghosts are able to follow those people around. Why couldn't Dan just release the ghost from his head in, like, a national park somewhere then? Why did it have to be at the hotel? That made no sense to me. He had all those ghosts in his head locked away. 
Why couldn't he have just done that anywhere else? Right. They would have done the same thing because that's the same reason why they were after him and why he was able to take them all on over time because they had all come after him. So why did they have to go to the hotel to do that? Because they had to go to ho- the hotel because they wanted to put those scenes in. And that just seems, that's, I don't know. I don't like it. Sterling, no likey. <laughs> Anything else, guys? Nope. Nope, I'm good. All right, Heather. Recommendation and score. Yeah, I definitely recommend this movie. I mean, honestly, I just I just enjoyed it. It was entertaining. It was a it was an interesting story. Great performances all around. It was a solid movie. Um, even if it wasn't necessarily like this is the perfect sequel or something to the original, it it's a good sequel to it because it holds up well on its own. It, it's not necessarily because it's a sequel, but it's just because it's a good movie. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely recommend it. I think definitely the the good outweighs the bad in this one. So definitely go see it. I mean, obviously see it if you are a fan of the first one or a fan of either of these books or any of that. Go see it. But you're not, at least I don't feel like you're going to be completely lost if you don't watch The Shining first. But I don't imagine at this point most people haven't seen The Shining. And that's the big appeal of watching this one probably. So uh, yeah, I definitely do think that it is worth a watch. Um, my score for this, I'm going to give it, um, I'll do 78 dapper magical black hats that don't serve a significance to the villain, but look cool out of 100. Justin, go. All right. I, I definitely recommend the film, too. Uh, like I said, this was a pleasant surprise for me. Uh, especially going into it being the sequel to The Shining and everything like that. I thought I knew what I was getting, but I did not. And like I said, I was very intrigued by this film. I thought that the narrative overall is good. The concepts and the ideas presented overall worked for me. Um, not, not, not a lot of complaints for me. There were some definitely some flaws and some things I needed more exp- explanation on and different things like that. But overall, man, um, I appreciated what this movie tried to do. I like the, uh, the, the fact that it that it, it it is it does stand alone as its own story I like how it didn't try to just be a shining part two in every possible way and just give you the same experience and give you the same tone I really thought that it introduced some very intriguing interesting characters uh I liked the story about the son and dad and you got to see that journey you you're gonna want to see what they did with these characters and how they uh, told the continuation of this story. So I do recommend it for that. Um, now don't, but like I said, it wasn't what I expected. So don't go in thinking that you're going to see something that's going to rival what a lot of people say is one of the greatest movies ever, which is the shining. Like it's definitely not that it definitely doesn't match. It's not going to match the, the how innovative and how memorable and how iconic that movie is it doesn't do that but is it a good follow-up does it do that first movie justice does it exist and uh, does it is does its existence drag down the legacy of that first movie no it doesn't it's a solid follow-up 
I think it do, it did the characters justice overall. And if you did like the first shot, and if you're a big fan of that, there's all kinds of fan service and callbacks, which I'm sure a Shining fan will enjoy. So overall, it's a solid B for me. I'm going to give it 80, and we're going to give it Shine mental fights between Abra and Rose going back and forth, bloody and Rose's nose out of a hundred solid film for me. Uh, for me, I enjoyed, I enjoyed probably 85% of this movie until the end. And then it just was like, Hey, you know, these tracks were on and you're like, yeah. And he goes, fuck this jumps the tracks and then just kind of does what a train does when it goes off the tracks. It's just kind of a fiery gross mess uh at that point um but but like heather and jason already said it's it's a it's a good sequel to the shining it is uh does it live up to it like jason said no or not live up to it does it does it match the level of it no not at all but i mean that's that's asking almost the impossible uh and i think would be unfair to even expect it to uh but does it do a good job of being a sequel to that yeah it does it's it's a perfectly fine sequel it's as far as sequels go, it's probably one of your better sequels to something. It, you know, like me and Justin said earlier, it it takes a risk. It's not the same movie. It's very much its own its its own creature for a majority of the film, and 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 I think that's that's ballsy for it to do that. And so I I I think it's a uh, it did a very good job of that. Um. So yeah, I would recommend it. And like Heather said, I don't feel like you necessarily need to see The Shining to enjoy this uh because it does a good enough job of letting you know what you need to know from that and if you haven't seen the shining and but you know the here's johnny and all this other stuff that you're still gonna understand the parts of the shining it's referencing at the end of the movie so i i think you'd be fine either way which and that's the that's the hallmark of a good sequel is does it even stand up on its own and this one does but still has some big problems with it so i said i'll recommend it but I give this 70 naked ghost ladies in a bathroom out of, seven, out of 100. Nice. So, all right, my cat's going to help me do the outro because he's right next to the mic. So thank you guys for listening to the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Cinema underscore Slayers. Check us out on Facebook at Cinema Slayers podcast. Uh, check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. I do like how I separate Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook from the internet. It's all the internet. Uh but check us out there at simplesayers.com. Uh, if you want to have any of our cool merch, go to the website, go to the top right hand corner, click merch, and it will take you right there. Other than that, I think it's cinemaslayers.threadless.com or it's threadless.cinemaslayers.com. I don't remember. That's why I say just go to our website and then click the link, and it just takes you there magically. Uh, like we have been saying for the last few episodes, um, if you're in the Chicagoland area or want to come to the Chicagoland area on December 4th, we will be performing on the last night of the. Southside Podfest here in Chicago, which is at Lawler's on Archer. So check that out. We're, you know, we post things about it on Facebook all the time. So uh, it'll be there. We'll continue to talk about it until we do it. We will be releasing that episode. We will also be doing a very special uh, We're All Together episode for the movie Nights Out. So Nights Out, Knives Out. So we are very excited about that. And ultimately, what this all boils down to is, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Yeah, <laughs> Open the door.